How's it going? It's going. I haven't talked to you in forever. I know. I sound super cool. <laughs> yeah. Hi, everybody. Welcome to That So Original Podcast. I am COVID Kelly here with my pal, what are we going to call you? Um, Typhoid Tiffany. There you go. Yes. Yes. So um, sorry for the delay. I think I still sound a little bit weird, but way, way, way better than last week. So long story long, my daughter got COVID a few weeks ago, and then she so graciously gave it to me. And then through the power of the 5G chip that was inserted into my arm, I radiated all of my funk over to Tiffany and her house. And so they have been a plague house to for the last, what, week or so? Yeah, as well? last uh, Labor Day weekend is when it hit on the older kids and then my youngest and then me. And we were never COVID positive, but I begged to differ. I, I still cannot <laughs> believe it. I cannot. And I will not believe that that was not COVID. Yeah, no it was It was miserable. So everybody who's had the COVID, I, I'm sorry. And everyone who hasn't, have it, hasn't had it and thinks it's a bunch of garbage, shut up. Because it sucks. <laughs> it's not great. No, and not only does it suck just to be sick, but the ripple effect of having to tell so many people that you have been in contact with, and we are not like overly social people. We're not out and about every, you know, as a general rule, but there were still just like I had to call all these people and be like, I'm sorry, I got to let you know that my daughter tested positive, and then. Thankfully, I had already kind of been staying in the house, and I wasn't allowed to go to work until I had tested negative twice, but uh, didn't test negative twice, so had to stay out for a while, but all of that to say that we are sorry. It has been a while since we've recorded, and we just haven't really had it in us to start a new season or or movie or whatever quite yet. So what we've decided to do is we are going to do a top 10 talk part two, which almost to the year when we did our top 10 talk last year. Yes. So maybe it's going to be a yearly thing. Who knows? I think that we should do that. So exactly like last year when we did this, Tiffany has watched 85,000 things and <laughs> had to agonize over which one would be her top 10. And I have to look through my Netflix and Amazon, et cetera, history to be like, okay, did I even watch 10 things? So my list is pretty all-encompassing for what I have watched other than our podcast stuff for the last year. Neither of our lists are ranked, so... You're a liar, because mine is ranked, because I'm... Oh, shut up! (laughs) You asked me yesterday if mine was ranked, and I said no, and then you never responded, so I was like... So I was like, because I was like, oh... (laughs) (laughs) I I couldn't even begin to rank these. That's what I kind of figured, so I was like, I don't know. Because I was like, do I go from worst to best? Do I go from best to worst? And you said you weren't ranking, and I was like, son of a bitch. (laughs) All right, you go from worst to best, and I will just go in the list that they occurred to me. Okay. Mine, number 10. I had to, like, stretch for this one. I don't know why. I could come up with a nine pretty easily, and I'm sure there's probably a tenth that I'm totally forgetting. I just went through my notes from when we talked ahead of time of what we, you know, what we've watched. So number 10 for me was um, Tell Me Your Secrets on Amazon Prime. It is really dumb (laughs) (laughs) so this is probably going to be the soapiest dumbest show ever on my top 10 list but (laughs) i binged it in a day so that tells you everything you need to know it's got really good actors in it and the plot is kind of amazing like it starts it's really really engaging about this woman who's released from prison into the witness protection program because her boyfriend was a serial killer and she went to prison because they assumed she knew what he was doing 
And then she was released from prison, and now she's in witness protection. But it's all done in flashbacks and stuff of back of her life before. And then meanwhile, we also have a mother whose daughter has gone missing. And she is dead set on the fact that this serial killer took her daughter. So she's trying to track down this lady that's been released from prison so that they can, so she can find out what happened to her daughter. And it also involves a guy who has been released from prison and he is a known rapist and he's like on this path of redemption. There's so many plots in this thing. There's so many storylines. There's so many threads that that's what kills it. But the main thing is really engaging and I enjoyed it. (laughs) So, I mean, I didn't enjoy it to be like number one, but I enjoyed it. Okay, okay. Well, I still haven't watched it. I put it on that list of mine. You know how that list goes. Right. (laughs) All right. So my first one on my list in no particular order is Shadow and Bone on Netflix. Yeah. And this premiered in April of 2021. It's based on a book series by an author. Her name is Lee Bardugo. I knew it was a book series, but I had never heard of it before the show premiered. It's kind of complicated to explain. It's about this country called Ravka, and there's this thing in the middle of it called the Shadow Fold, which is like this abyss of darkness and separates the two sides of the country. And there are these people called Grisha who can perform types of magic they can control elements they can control other people's bodies or their own bodies this country is trying to find someone called the sun summoner someone who can control light to destroy this shadow fold and the main character her name is Alina in the first episode discovers that that she's the sun summoner so she goes to live in this castle with other Grisha and the leader of one of the armies on one of the sides of Ravka. I don't remember which one it is. His name is General Kerrigan, and he's played by Ben Barnes, otherwise known as Billy from The Punisher. Oh, yeah. And he is so cute. He's just so cute. Um, There are a lot of secondary characters that I think are really more interesting than the kind of the main character in her storyline. So I really enjoy the side stories in this show and it has been renewed for a season two. I don't know when that's going to come out. Obviously a lot of things are delayed with COVID, but I'm hoping that it's, it's soon because it, it was very good. I binged it all pretty quickly and I think it was maybe three nights, which is, I mean, that's binging for me uh, because each episode is I think an hour long so if i can watch something that has like eight episodes in three nights you know it must be good correct it's a valid point right there yes okay my number nine is fairly new not even all the episodes are out yet it's just that new but i really enjoy it it's reservation dogs it's a fx series but it's on hulu it's written by the brilliant so brilliant taika waititi who did Jojo Rabbit and Thor Ragnarok and What We Do in the Shadows. His writing is so just freaking hilarious. He's, I don't know how he does, like, he puts my brain into, like, dialogue. Just the dry sarcastic that just kills me. It's about these five teens who live on an Indian reservation in rural Oklahoma And they are just desperate to get off this reservation and get to California. So they are doing, they are going to steal, scam, whatever they can, hustle to make enough money to get away. They're just these kids. They're just trying really hard. But then stuff happens and all of a sudden they get called a gang. So they become the reservation dogs, like reservoir dogs. There's a lot of talk about grief and loss because one of their friends took his own life the year before and just dealing with that. And there's... The stuff about Indian culture is so incredibly cool and informative and I think important because it's something that's often overlooked and it's just really neat and it's a lot of stuff I didn't know and it's just really cool and they're little half hour episodes so far like they started off with like one episode was like everybody and then they kind of take in each character and they've had their own episode. One of the characters, one of the girls in their little gang is named Laura Dannon. 
which is the name name of the baby from Willow. Willow, which is and then there's lots of jokes about that. And I do not know this young actress. I don't think she's been in much, but she plays a character called Willie Jack. And she is phenomenal. She's just so silly and out there, but she just did her, the last episode was all on her. And I was like, oh my gosh, she's so good. But yeah, check it out. Especially if you like that kind of funny Taika Waititi stuff. He's, he's so good. I don't think he can do wrong. And he's just genuinely a nice human from what I understand. So have you watched What We Do in the Shadows? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. It comes on the commercial while I'm watching American Horror Story, and it looks so funny. I was like, I watch the watch movie. That. There's a, Okay. It's it's based on a... I mean, this TV series is based on a movie, and the, oh, okay. and the movie uh, stars Taika Waititi as one of, the, one of the vampires, and then... Like it's so dry, and they t- and it's like these vampires take themselves so seriously, and it's just so stupid that you laugh so hard. And then they've taken the TV show and they've amped it up, and I think have made it more silly and not quite what the movie was. But people seem to like the the series more. I I don't know. I liked the movie. I've watched a little bit of the series, not enough to like get into it. I guess. Yeah, I laugh during the commercials, and that hardly ever happens. Right. Normally, I just like tune them out. Okay, so next one on my list is Servant. Whoa, on that's Apple next Plus. one on my list too. Shut the fuck door. All right. Oh my god. Okay, so we can kind of do a combo here. This premiered on Apple Plus in November 2019. It is billed as a psychological horror series, and it is executive produced by M. Night Shyamalan. It follows a couple living in Philadelphia. The husband, Sean, is a chef and the wife, Dorothy, is a newscaster. And they hire a weird girl named Leanne to come and be the nanny for their baby, Jericho. And it is just peak M. Night Shyamalan. Now, I have not seen season two, so I on have. my list it says Serpent Season 1 because... Of what I kept hearing about season two, I was like, eh, I don't know if I want to get into it. Gets good. Making it a it gets culty good. thing. Like, all it, right. It's like okay, you want it doesn't. <laughs> like the way the first season ended, and there was that whole weird twist that we didn't enjoy. Right. The second season kind of like touches on it, but not. It like it just goes off and like off the rails okay. in a completely different direction. Because, like, the first two episodes, I was like, this is really stupid. This is, like, taking it really weird. Then I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm all in. What is happening? What's going on? It's so good. It's an M. Night Shyamalan thing. So you know those twists are coming. I still wasn't expecting them. I was still blown away on most of them. So it's just, you know, he's had a lot of stinkers the last few years in movie-wise. He hit the ground running with, you know, uh, what's it called? You know. I see dead people. Six cents. Six cents. Six cents. Yeah, he was so good with that. And yeah. then he had a bunch of crappy ones like, you know, the the. Did you say signs? Oh, okay. That. I was like, how do, don't you signs dare. Is I so was good. like, you better and I, not. And I actually, I actually even really enjoyed The Village. A lot of people don't like The Village. But I, The Happening was just stupid. But, um, and then he just had a new one called Old that didn't do so great either. Mm-hmm. But he does some good stuff with this one. I, I like it very much. I think the acting is so good. Yes. What's her name? The the girl that plays Dorothy. And it's out of my head of what her name is. She is so good. I think she has broken my heart a hundred times over in that series. And it's just. And it has Rupert Grant. Um, freaking Ron oh, Weasley in it. He is amazing in this show. As a coke head. Holy so shit. So you have to watch it. He's perfection. So good. So good. Yes. Um, yeah. Well, you can um, go like with your next one. You could just, we'll skip, skip ahead. That was eight. So what's yep. your seven? My seven would be um, The Queen's Gambit on Netflix. Mm-hmm. I'm actually shocked I didn't have more Netflix on my list. I I think this might be the only one because I don't know. I just, there was so much good TV this year. Like everybody's really doing so much better. This is the story I don't even, of Beth Harmon. She is a orphan um, who turns out to be a chess prodigy. She's played by Anya Taylor-Joy, who is, oh, she's so damn pretty. Just, she's beautiful to look at. I don't think that her face could ever have a bad expression. She's beautiful. Beth is a chess prodigy who 
um, dreams of chess matches on her ceiling at night. So the imagery is really cool. It's like this little girl sleeping and you see these chess pieces moving above her. But she's in this orphanage and this is back in the time where they would drug the orphans to keep them calm Mm -hmm. and more likely to be adopted because they were these nice, calm, drugged out children. Well, she becomes a little addicted to the drugs and then she's, you know, addicted to playing chess and just the way her life twists and turns is interesting. It also has the kid from, why don't I remember names? My like brain is dead. (laughs) Uh, What's the Christmas movie with the everybody hates? Um, um, a Christmas you know. story? No, the um, <sighs> my brain just Christmas died. Christmas movie. Everybody hates. What monsters are out there hating? Christmas it's one with Hugh, it's one with Hugh Grant and all. It's like the big ensemble cast and it's love got, actually. Um, yeah, that one. That I've one. Never seen it's it. Got, really? Oh, no. I love it. Well, you know, I people hate it. Like all that. these people hate these movies, and I love it. But um, it's got the little kid from that, but he's all grown up and he's a chess guy and he's kind of sexy in this and it's weird. <laughs> and it also has Dudley from the Harry Potter movies. So the 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 mean cousin oh is like a love interest in this too. And that's weird. It's just all these young kids all grown up into like weird adult people. But it's really, it's really good. It's, I'm sorry, but if any movie can make me enjo- like enjoy watching chess matches... <laughs> It's doing its job. I mean, I don't know. Made me want to go learn chess. So there you go. Okay. Cool. All right. Well, next one on my list is Manifest Season 1, because that's still where I'm at, because that's how I binge stuff. And there are 85,000 episodes a season, because this was a network show. It was originally on uh, NBC it premiered in 2018, but it went to Netflix in 2021 after NBC announced that it was not going to be renewed for a fourth season. But actually, because of how much the fans love the show, Netflix has decided to pick it up and they're going to produce the fourth and final season. So anyway, the gist of it is there is a plane that was traveling from Jamaica to New York City and there's a brief period of turbulence during the flight and when they land in New York they find out that five and a half years have passed while they were in the air and they've all been declared dead and the the two main characters there's a, a brother and a sister the sister's a cop and the brother I don't really know what he does but he was married with two kids prior to the incident and the sister the cop Michaela she was getting ready to be in, engaged and then they come back and they you have to try to reintegrate into their lives and the brother his son was with him on the plane and now he's five and a half years younger than his twin sister so they have to kind of figure out this new relationship where she's much older than him she's a teenager now and it's very much a network tv drama it has a kind of like a supernatural overlay it's got the melodramatic background music and the i love you so much and i really you know which is totally not my thing at all but it's got enough of the weird supernatural government conspiracy to to keep me interested and I am really interested to see if they kind of change the formula up now that Netflix is going to take the reins because you know Netflix shows and network drama there's a big difference between the two (laughs) so I wonder if they're going to try to keep with the formula that's kept people so interested or if they're going to make it a little Netflixy I hope they do less less soap yes it's, it's a little soapy for my taste but I like it Okay, my, which would be my number six, is Pen15 on Hulu. It looks like penis, spelled out, and that is intentional, but that is what it's called. (laughs) I didn't write down when any of these shows started. That's too much work for me. But this show, everyone remembers how incredibly awkward their seventh grade year is, and seventh grade as a whole you're just in that in-between stage where you're not a kid anymore. You're not quite a teen. You don't know what you are. You still like playing with dolls, but you also want to kiss boys. It's weird. We all can look back on it and cringe 
the creators of the show, Maya Erskine and Anna Conkle, decide to take that to the next level, and they play exaggerated versions of their seventh grade self. But what's really fun is the rest of the cast are all actual tweens. So you have these grown 30-year-old women dressed up like their seventh grade self with the, the butterfly clips in their hair and the silly, you know, the tank tops and the big bell-bottom, like, big leg jeans. But they, they're they with, like, actual kids, so it makes them look even more awkward and it makes them stand out even more, which I think is what they're intending to do. And it's so great. But I had heard about it, the show forever, and I was like, this sounds really stupid. And I kind of got sucked in because, the, I don't know, and even the cringe, the cringe is so bad that, like, I don't know if I can get my shoulders out of my ears <laughs> for the next year because there's so many times I'm like, oh my gosh, I remember doing that and that's so embarrassing. That's the whole point. And then you kind of, your heart breaks for these kids as they're, like, learning about life and their parents are going through divorces and they get their first kisses and it's not what they dreamt it up to be and it's funny it's I don't know not heartwarming but it's just one of those shows like oh and the last the like the last episode um kind of ended at a weird point so I'm hoping that they come back soon they did just release a illustrated episode I just found on on Hulu and that was really fun so I can't wait for it to come back hopefully fingers crossed all right Well, my next one is American Horror Story 1984. This was the ninth season of American Horror Story. They're all on Netflix right now, so you can stream them uh, all the way up to this current season, which is on FX on Hulu. All of them are on Hulu. Oh, and they're all on Hulu. Well, there you go. Uh, so it has a bunch of people from the previous seasons, Emma Roberts, Billy Lord, Leslie Grossman, Cody Fern, Leslie Jordan, Lily Rabb, blah, blah, blah. And my personal favorite, Finn Whitrock. How you doing? Finn? He's barely in that. That's the only reason Shut that season's all right. He's so <laughs> cute in it, too. It was actually the first season to not feature Evan Peters or Sarah Paulson, so... Put that little tidbit in your cap. Basically, the premise is there are these camp counselors who are stalked by a serial killer while at summer camp, and it jumps around in time a little from the 1970s to present day. And it's about Camp Redwood in 1970. There was a serial killer that murdered a bunch of campers. And in 1984, they've decided to reopen the camp, and the group of counselors go up before it's open to the campers to get it ready and in American Horror Story style they are being picked off one by one and it just so happens that the serial killer from 1970 who was caught and convicted for these crimes and placed in a mental hospital nearby has mysteriously escaped and it is Billy Lord at peak Billy Lord and there's even Richard Ramirez thrown in there so it is such a fun campy season of American Horror Story I loved it so much and I was like why didn't I watch this when it came out and then I looked at the dates and it was a weird personal time for me so I was definitely not watching much TV back then but I uh, had some time over spring break this year and I was like I'm gonna watch that and it was great Yay. One of my favorite seasons now that... Really? Uh, yeah. I love it so much. Ooh. I mean, not ahead of Coven or Apocalypse or Murder House, but I mean, it was better than Roanoke. <coughs> Stop talking because <laughs> I will stand on that soapbox until I die. I, I told Roanoke you, I will rewatch underrated. it. I'm going to rewatch it because maybe I need a second go to appreciate it. I think... The thing with Roanoke is it's everything that scares me. It was all those like ghosts out in the in the country of uh, by yourself right. and like walking behind you. Those ones freak me out and crazy weird country people. It's just I don't. I yeah, don't know. true that that was scary. Uh, I'll watch it again. I will for you because I love you. Oh. All right, my next one, and it's kind of a sad one now that I think about it, is number five was Lovecraft Country on HBO. Um, One, it's sad because they canceled it after one season, and it had so much potential to be so much more. I am shocked they canceled it. And two, Michael K. Williams Mm -hmm. uh, just passed away, tragically, horribly, of an overdose. 
And he was so amazing. And he's been amazing in everything he's ever done. But this show, he plays such an amazing character. Without giving too much away, he plays a man struggling with his sexual identity. And it's just, oh, it's so good. And I'm so sad. There's no easy way to describe this show because it's so freaking weird. But it's so good. It starts in the segregated United States in the 1950s. Where is it? On HBO? Is that what? It's on, oh, sorry. Yeah, it's on HBO Max. Yep, it's on HBO Max. So in the 1950s, this young black man named Atticus leaves Chicago because he finds out that his father is missing. His father is played by Michael K. Williams. So he goes into the very segregated South to find him. And the, the level of fear that they were able to put into these episodes with the black people being in like sundown towns Mm -hmm. and where they could not be in town after sundown or they would be killed. The fear of crossing that state line where the cops are behind you saying, if you speed, we'll pull you over and you will die. But you only have two minutes to get the 15 miles to get out of town before sundown, but you can't go over the speed limit. Oh, the episode, I don't think I sat down. I just stood and with my hands on my head watching it going, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. So good. But add into that, on top of all that, all of H.P. Lovecraft's monsters. So there's wizards and ghosts and demons and trolls and time travel. What? Like, every episode explores a different, like, horror movie deal like there or there's one movie one episode's about time travel one episode's about demons one episode's about ghosts and but it's all these same characters in their lives all this stuff is just happening and there's a big long-running theme and I don't want to give anything away but it's it's so good and so freaking important that I don't think people realize what black people had to put up with at that time and how it's the exact same way it is today. Mm-hmm. It's the nothing has changed. I mean, sundown towns aren't technically around anymore, but you want to tell me you don't go down south? There are not some towns that are still going by those kind of rules. So, scary, scary stuff. Really sad it's over. I'm hoping that, like, with current developments, that they will come back with something. I feel like they will. It's gotten a lot of flack since they canceled it. Even the creator, the showrunner, released his notes for what the next season would have been like his uh his outline and people were freaking out so we'll see we'll see what happens all right that definitely is one that i want to watch but it's so good all right my next one is the haunting of bly manor this was released in october 2020 on netflix and it is nothing like the haunting of hill house really there are some of the same actors um but that's pretty much the where the similarities stop it is about an au pair who is hired by a man played by henry thomas a la et to look after his niece and nephew at their country house after their parents die and he has to take care of them the main character is Danny, played by Victoria Pedretti, who was in The Haunting of Hill House and also in You. And she is also trying to escape some personal things. And that's why she has left America to come to England to work for this family. There's lots of paranormal stuff, as you would imagine. And it is the kind of standard you die in a house, you can't leave the house type story. And it also deals with time and how time isn't really a straight line like we think of it. There's a lot of creepy elements to it, a lot of jump scares. I didn't think it was as scary as Hill House, but I really liked it. And I really liked the ending, how they kind of came back around and wrapped things up it's good if you're into that kind of thing that's definitely a a must watch okay my number four was i originally had it up higher but then i started looking at my list and i decided i liked other things a little bit better i don't know my top four they're all really close and how much i love them 
This one is called Hacks, and it's on HBO Max. It is a half-hour dramedy comedy, but it stars Jean Smart. She was going to make an appearance on my list several times. She stars as Deborah Vance, an icon of the Las Vegas Strip. She's a female comedian who has just, I don't even know who, she's kind of like a Joan Rivers, but not Joan Rivers, not that level of, of, but she's just one of those female comedians that's been around forever, and she's dressed, she sells her stuff on home shopping, she's just, she's one of those people that's been around. But her show is getting stale, and they are threatening to cancel some of them because she's just not the draw she was. She's been on the Vegas Strip for 30 years, she's just not that big. So they bring in a young 20s, 21 comedian writer to come jazz up her show. Well, this new writer, her name is Ava, has been canceled in Hollywood for an inappropriate tweet. She lost her job. She was writing on a show. She lost her job there. She's blackballed all through Hollywood. She's got to do something. So she has no other choice. She needs a job. She goes to work for Deborah Vance. And these two are oil and water. That's just, it's kind of an oil and water story, but they learn how each other ticks and they learn about, you know, Ava, who's young, thinks Deborah is old-fashioned. And a lot of her stuff is. It's not politically correct. It's just a lot of it is gross. A lot of it's, like, racist something humor that's not funny anymore. Or can't, it's not okay. I guess it was probably never funny. But it's not okay anymore. And she's trying to teach her that. But then Deborah's like, you know, you have a stick so far up your ass that you're not funny. It's a really great behind-the-scenes of comedy writing, what it, it mean is to be a female comedian because half the times they're being harassed while they're waiting to go on stage. They're being not even just harassed by customers. They're being harassed by promoters, by other comedians. They are sexually assaulted. All these crazy things happen to them when they're just trying to live their dreams. They're just trying to get on stage and be funny. So it's really, really good. Um, I cannot wait for the next season because it ended on a cliffhanger. It's going to be amazing. So it's great. And Jean Smart, the woman can do no wrong. I know. Love I love her. her. Love her. And she is hot as hell in this show. I don't oh. know how old she is, but she is hot in this show. We had looked it up before. I think she's like 70. She might be. I, I want to say. I, was, I had looked it up when we were talking about Fargo. Yeah. She she very well could be, but whoo, she can still get it. I don't care. She's a good looking lady. Speaking of Fargo... Next what? on my list is season four of Fargo, which premiered September 2020 on FX. One through four are now streaming on FX on Hulu. I picked the fourth season over the second and the first. I don't know. You know, something about the fourth season I really oh, loved. I mean, the, it's my heart right there. It's oh. just, it's beautiful. It is set in 1950s Kansas City, Missouri. And it follows two families, two crime families, as they kind of battle for control of the city. Chris Rock stars in this. He plays Loy Cannon. He is the head of the crime syndicate made up of black migrants who were fleeing the Jim Crow South at the time. And they are fighting the Kansas City Mafia who were Italian immigrants, and the head of that family is Josto Fada, who was played by Jason Schwartzman. And there's, like, a crazy nurse thrown into this, a really super smart teenage girl who lives in a funeral home. We have talked about this on the podcast before. Episode 9, East West, is a masterpiece. And really, this season didn't receive rave reviews like viewers really liked it but critically speaking it didn't receive good reviews and all the things that I found that critics didn't like were the things that I really loved like one of the things that I don't remember who it was maybe the guy from Vulture um, was saying the long monologues how there were just these monologues that went on and on and on because Otherwise, kind of letting you know what the character is thinking by having them just talk and talk and talk. And they were beautiful. Every monologue, it was just perfection. So I love that part. And the fact that they didn't really go into the family dynamics, because the beginning of it, there's a little 
you kind of have to get to these two families. So they have to go through some others to get there. And I mean, I never had a problem following what was going on. And the fact that it seemed kind of disconnected from the series as a whole. But if you catch the connection at the end of season four, it is very Mm -hmm. much connected to previous seasons. And I thought everyone in it was fantastic. I thought it was a great season. I it just touches my heart too. I just love it. I can't I could go on and on and on about it. I mean, the fact that we have a detective with OCD. Uh, yes. Oh. Uh, and the fact that you know he can't he can't, he can't go and, right. and chase after a criminal without without knocking the light off yeah, or knocking, knocking on the door. Yeah. Oh, it's so it's locking so and unlocking the door of the mm-hmm. car and you're screaming at him like, "Come <laughs> no. on." And you're like, and you know that he can't and I'm sorry, but those long monologues, that is a Fargo thing from day one. Yes. That's, that's just how he writes. Noel, whatever his freaking name is that writes them, that's just how he does it. That's a, it's a Fargo thing. So suck it up, dude. Chris that's just- Rock was so amazing. Ugh. Oh my gosh. I just don't think of him as a dramatic actor. And holy cow, he knocks most people who are known as dramatic actors out of the water. Agreed. And East West, I, East West should have got an Emmy just on its own. I agree. Like there were a couple of Critics Choice Award nominations. They didn't win for anything. But I was like, how is this show not nominated for freaking everything? Stupid. Yeah. All right. My number three, I moved these around to, is um, WandaVision on Disney+. Plus. This was their first Disney Plus into the Marvel TV series after WandaVision, it was Falcon and Winter Soldier, and then Loki, all fabulous television. WandaVision had my heart, though, from the get-go. When it started, I was like, okay, this is super dumb. And the premise of it, I think, made people not want to watch it, because what they did is the very first episode, every episode in the beginning, is done like a classic TV show. So the first episode is set like Dick Van Dyke, so it's in black and white, it's on a sound stage. There's an actual audience. There's, you know, they're laughing. But it's the story of Wanda, Maximoff, and Vision from the Marvel Avengers. And what would have happened if they were a married couple in the 50s that moved into this nice, quiet neighborhood? What would that look like? And the fact they're trying to hide the fact that he's a cyborg. So the first episode is like, okay, it's okay, silly, silly camp. And then at the end, you're like, wait, what just happened? Because then there's all of this little stuff starts coming through. And then the next episode, they move ahead in time. Then it moves into, there's a there's an episode that is very much the Brady Bunch. All those 70s TV shows. And then after that, it's an episode that is, I swear, the house is directly taken from Family Ties. So there's that. And then there's an episode that is like Malcolm in the Middle. And it's moving through these generations of time. And you're like, what is happening? I'm so confused. All of a sudden, like, it's like they flip the switch and you're like, oh, okay. Because you don't know, are Wanda and Vision trapped in this world and they're acting out these things because somebody's forcing them to? Is this a hallucination? Because if you watch the Avengers films, you know that Vision doesn't make it. So what's happening here? It is just this amazing story about grief and how we deal with grief and it's told in such a great way that, I don't know, I I cried a lot watching the last few no. episodes. I know, I cry all the time. Um, but it's Easter eggs galore for Marvel fans. It opens up the door for the next wave of all the Marvel movies and series. It opened up so much great stuff. It's got great cameos in it. Evan Peters makes an appearance, which is kind of hilarious and fun because he plays an X-Men character or he's from the X-Men series, but he also comes in and plays a, a Marvel character, which is a big surprise and probably everybody's already seen spoilers for it anyway. So whatever. And it's got all your Marvel favorites. It's hilarious, but it's also sad. And the theme songs are catchy as hell. The Agnes all along song, just won a freaking Emmy for the song. So there you go. Not Agnes, Agatha. She plays Agnes and Agatha, or Agatha, Agatha, sorry. 
It was Agatha all along. There you go. Anyways, you hopefully that didn't spoil it for you, but it's really good. All right. Yeah, definitely want to watch that one, too. All right, next on my list. This was one I just kind of had to pull from the abyss because I could not think of anything else that I had watched. This is season 15, the final season of Supernatural. The last episode aired on November 19th, 2020, and then dropped on Netflix shortly after that. If you have been living under a rock for the last 15 years, I will go ahead and explain the premise of the show is two brothers, Dean and Sam Winchester, played by Jensen Ackles and Jared Padalecki, as they hunt down evil supernatural creatures and they're hanging out with angels and they wage war with the devil and they also wage war with God himself. The last season is the showdown between Sam, Dean, Castiel, their angel friend, and God, also known as Chuck. In the season finale, and if you haven't watched it or been on social media for a year, plug your ears, Dean dies and Sam goes on to live his life as not being a hunter. That's what they call themselves. They were hunters. Until he's old and he dies and then he is reunited with Dean in their like own personal heaven. And I thought the ending was perfect. I love the way that the series ended. Lots of people hated it because they didn't want Dean to die. They didn't want either one of them to die. Unfortunately, due to COVID, there have been no supernatural conventions. This is like one of those shows where you're not just a casual fan of supernatural. You are a fanatic of supernatural. So they have conventions just like Star Trek and um, Comic-Con and things like that. There have not been any supernatural conventions since Oh, gosh, I, I couldn't even tell you. It's been a long time. So fans haven't really gotten to nag Jensen and Jared about what they thought about the endings, which is probably a good thing because, like I said, people are really passionate either way about it. But it is an investment of time, an insane investment of time to watch 15 seasons of a show but it's also one of those shows, I think, that you could just kind of make your way through just casually. And if you haven't, you definitely should do it. It honestly changed my life. I love everything about Supernatural. I love all the people. And I am going to a convention as soon as they stop rescheduling the one I have a ticket for. I mean, my oldest son was up for the challenge and binged it easily last year. I think he started when school started and he finished up just as the last episode was. Or no. Are we right? No. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I think I think so. He finished up right as the last episode was playing. So he he got it at like in real time and that was what he was doing. He was watching it every day during the summer and he was watching it, I think, because he only went to school half a day. So he saw the second half of the day he spent it and then he was falling asleep to it every night. So there you go. It can be done. He was Do quite it. committed to it. So it. yeah. And That's he great. loves it very, very, very much. That's great. Okay. My number two, we've done a lot about this, but it's Ted Lasso. I love this show so much. Like, I, ugh, it's just so good. The newest episode just came out. I can't think of the name of it, but I'm going to just ship my vagina to Roy Kent because he can just have it because he is just, oh, perfection in every single way. The show is uh, the showrunner and created by Bill Lawrence, who I have been a huge fan of forever because he's done Scrubs, which is one of my favorite shows. He also did Spin City and Cougar Town. So if you enjoy that puns and silliness and the occasional rip your heart out, stomp on it and cry moment, then you're going to love Ted Lasso because that's what's all about. And it deals with important stuff like anxiety and depression but also perseverance and believing in yourself. And I don't think I need to go into the premise too much because everybody's already, I mean, we watched it. Right. If you didn't watch, you want, you want more information, yes. listen to our coverage of it. Of at least season one, we are in season two now. Season two is not the same as season one. I almost want to say it's better in ways. It's just, oh, yeah, so good. 
so I good, you guys. The Christmas so episode, holy shit. That will make your whole freaking month just watching that episode. And I, I don't think you even need any backstory. You could no, just watch that so Christmas either, yeah. episode and be fine. Oh, it's so giving good. me chills just thinking about Higgins' house. and now, Oh, I just loved it. Oh, it was so good. Oh, okay. I'm going to stop now. So good. Okay. The, what? Roy and Keeley. Oh, I Roy know. and Keeley. Goals. Couple goals. So good. So good. I'm going to do two since. Yep. Okay. okay. So my next one is Cobra Kai season three. This premiered in January 20th. Almost did that one. I wondered if you would. And I had Ted Lasso on my list for a while, and I was like, no, I can't do it because I'm still like two or three episodes behind for season two. So I was like, I'm not going to do it yet because it doesn't seem right. So this is season three, premiere January 2021. Of course, starring our favorite washed up karate sensation turned sensei, Johnny, played by William Zapka, who is the most, I just love him. And it's so funny how you love him and you freaking hate, what's his Daniel. Ralph Macchio. Yes. Ralph Macchio, Daniel. Yeah, we know that you have a thing for Ralph Macchio. I don't and, anymore. Yeah, I don't yeah, anymore. Sure I've grown up and I'm Team Johnny now, so. Okay, good. Team Johnny. So this picks up after the big fight at the school where Miguel got flipped over the railing and he is in a wheelchair and Sam had to go to the hospital for her injuries with her from her fight with Tori and Kreese has taken over Cobra Kai and so Johnny has to make his own dojo and then Daniel of course still has his dojo in one episode he goes to Okinawa and reunites with some characters from the original movies which is really fun. Allie shows up at one point but due to a complete lack of adult supervision like literally where are the adults at there are no adults in half of this show cobra kai and the miyagido and johnny's dojo which is called eagle fang for some reason they get in a big fight at daniel's house and they just destroy shit everywhere they eventually agree to settle this at the next all valley tournament so if you're wondering what season four is going to be about that's probably gonna be it and the best part of season three is the flashbacks showing crease's time in the vietnam war and that's our buddy derek from cruel summer how you doing crease and kind of shows how crease became the hellish person that he is today but it's a it's just a fun show. It is not at all to be taken seriously, I don't think, although there are a lot of serious parts, especially about Johnny's life to this point and turning it around. But it, it just, to me, is just, it's fun. It's good. It's Love just it. nostalgia so much. Yes. And it's nostalgia for us because we grew up with the Karate Kid. But, like, my my kids love it. And they're not even, they weren't, I mean, they've seen the Karate Kid movies now, but they didn't have that, like, background. And they still really just enjoy the show. It's a little more soapy than I would normally watch, but it's really, really good. I, Johnny is so cute. You can I just, know. I'll watch him all day because he's a cutie. Just watch him. All right, my next one is The Mandalorian on Disney+. Plus. See, these are ones I didn't even think about. Mandalorian and Fargo, I could have put them on there. But I love The Mandalorian. My kids love The Mandalorian. We are big Star Wars nerds. This is billed as an American space western. And the music is very much like a... You know, just kind of like a Star Wars spin of that. It is set five years after the return of the Jedi and the fall of the Empire. And it follows a Mandalorian bounty hunter who has been hired by some the remnants of the Imperial forces to retrieve a child. His name is Grogu. But instead of turning over the child to the Imperial forces, he decides to go on the run and protect him. Pedro Pascal plays Mando and he is fantastic. And like I said, we were Star Wars fanatics and we love it, but I really think if you've never seen a Star Wars movie, it wouldn't matter. You could sit down, watch this with no problem. There are some callbacks to previous characters and storylines, but I think overall it could stand alone. I mean, maybe at the end of season two wouldn't have the kind of impact that it had for people who 
had seen the Star Wars movies and are like, oh my god. But and it's not I, even just the Star Wars movies. You have to watch the Clone Wars TV show. Right. Like, my ki- my the cartoon. Like, ugh. I hadn't watched any of that. And you know how many times my kids went, oh my god, watching it. So, there you go. The visual effects are phenomenal. The music is just great. And it has been nominated for and won tons of awards. It's great. So, Disney Plus, Mandalorian. And if you're interested, Disney Plus just recently released a behind-the-scenes of the final episode of Season 2, which is really good. We enjoyed that very much. Disney's really good about doing those behind-the-scenes. They did that for WandaVision, Loki, and Falcon and Winter Soldier. It's almost like a little documentary about how they made it. And they're really in-depth, great information, a lot of great stuff for fans. So, thank you, Disney Plus. You're doing that right. Enjoyed that very much. All right. Okay. Are we at your number one. We're at my number one. Okay. My number one is uh, Mare of Easttown on HBO Max. Mm-hmm. This is the Kate Winslet led detective mystery series about a murdered girl in a small town and this detective who's trying to not only solve her murder, but also tackle her own demons. It's kind of a law and order kind of feel to it, but because it's about a murder and, and, you know, or investigation, but it's so much deeper than that. Kate Winslet is phenomenal. I don't think she's ever done anything bad, but it also has Evan Peters who comes in for a short time and will break your heart. He's just so good. I was not expecting him. He showed up and I was like, oh, hey, where'd you go? Okay. And he's so good. And then Kate Winslet's ex-husband is played by David Denman, who is Roy from The Office. So Office fans, you might want to look into Mayor of Easttown. Lots of other great characters or actor and actresses in it. Julianne Nichols plays Mayor's best friend. And without going into too much, Mare is dealing with her son's suicide and she has never quite processed it. And they examine a lot of stuff in here about grief and mothers and sons and what levels one will go to to protect their family and protect their child. Ugh. Every single episode, like you're going along, going along, and like the last five minutes, they like twist it and you're like, wait, fuck, what? And then end of episode. So you had to tune in for the very next one. And that's the way to hook me, kids, is be like, wait, what just happened? Oh my gosh, now I got to watch the next one. Very is good. She's smart uh, in it. She is. Jean Smart plays Kate Winslet's mom. So she goes from looking like an old lady mom who can, she's like got a broken hip and she's got all the stuff she can't get around. From that to hacks on the same network where she looks phenomenal, sexy as all hell. So this woman's range is great. But it's gotten so much great buzz and that makes Mm -hmm. me very happy. And I hope that there's just Emmys all around for them because it's really good. Is it something that you think could continue to another season or is it a self-contained? It was meant to be self-contained, but it has received so many accolades that they, I think, are going to do another season and maybe do it like it's still going to be Mare in her life, but it'll be a different murder that she's investigating, I assume. So, All right. Well, we don't have to do a drum roll for mine because it's not necessarily number one. It's just the last one on my list. So... (laughs) This is the Fear Street Trilogy on Netflix, and I love it so fucking much. I cannot say enough about it. This premiered in July of 2021. There are three movies set in three different time periods. The first one is called Fear Street 1994, Total Scream Vibes. It follows a group of teenagers from a town called Shadyside. These are all based on a series written by R.L. Stein. P.S. There's a centuries-old curse that was supposedly caused by this woman named Sarah Fear, who was hanged as a witch by the townspeople. The second movie is Fear Street 1978, and it is set at a summer camp. And it's got a lot of the same people from the town in the first movie, just younger versions of those characters. The girl who plays Max from Stranger Things is in this movie. And... 
something that we didn't notice when we first watched Fear Street and talked about it, and we are ashamed of ourselves, <laughs> is that the sheriff of Sunny is it Sunnyvale? Yeah, from Sunnyvale is Magic Matt from a teacher, and he is so good at his magician and like hiding himself <laughs> that we didn't even realize it was him matt you are incredible anyway 1978 his real name is like ashley something just so i'm sure know. it is okay it is i looked it up it's ashley something i was like right. oh that seems about right. right the second movie is very friday to the 13th esque because you know people are getting picked off at a summer camp the third movie it's called 1666 it starts in 1666 and we find out the origin of this curse the real origin of the curse and who was really causing all of these people to turn crazy and become murderous psychopaths in shady side the ending of the third movie is really cool it jumps back to 1994 and kind of brings everything together. If you love slasher flicks, particularly like from the 90s, 80s, 90s, you know, that where there's not a whole lot of gore. I mean, it's definitely not something I would watch with my kids, but it's not this gratuitous gore porn like you see today. If you like that kind of stuff, this is right up your alley. But the story is, is really, really good, too. And I was really surprised by how much... I like this series. I would love to see something like this again done on Netflix or or anywhere. I just really, I really like a trilogy. I'm a sucker for a trilogy. I just think it was great. Like, it came out of nowhere. I feel yeah. like no one was talking about it. And then it was just like in my suggested things on Netflix. And I watched the first one with my kids and I like, or my oldest. And I watched it for light and I was like, oh, okay, this is dumb. This is the same old crap. And then at the end, it hooked me. Then the next week they brought out, I was like, there's a second one. The second one drew me right in. And then, oh, the third one has just brought it all together. So good. That's great. It's such a weird timing, too. Like, the middle of summer for a horror series. You would think that would be something they would drop closer to Halloween or at least sometime in the fall. But they were like, nah, bitch, we're doing it now. Watch it. It's great. It's the same thing like American Horror Stories did. It's like they dropped it like August, which is so weird. But okay. Yeah. Oh, I didn't put that on here. That was something. But anyway. All right. Well, that is my list. That is Tiffany's list. That gives you a lot of things to put on your list to watch. Hopefully your list is not like my list, which is like just rows and rows of shows that I'm never going to have time to watch. But I mean, this is 20 shows. It's totally doable. You could start right now, really, if you think about it. And some of these are half-hour episodes, so... Really no excuse, honestly. Yeah. yeah. I think, like, three or four of them on mine were just half-hour shows. Yeah. Cobra Kai, they're super short. Mandos yeah. are short. Yep. So, uh, what are you watching now? What are you going to go watch in the next few days? Well, I need to catch up on Ted Lasso. I'm still a yes, few episodes do. behind on that. I will definitely be watching the next American Horror Story when it drops on Thursday. Uh, Tweed and I have been watching the movies that made us. I love that show. I love it. It's it's so fun. Um, it's not as fun watching with him because he hasn't even seen half of the movies. I'm like, where were you like when we were kids? Like, what were you doing with your life? Were you outside? Blech. I mean, who does that? So I want to finish that series. Finish out Manifest season one. Yeah, that's probably going to be way more than I can actually get done. And then I would like to start on our next series. Oh, yeah, I got to do that, too. (laughs) What's your plan for this week? What do you got on your agenda as far as Um, TV? I'm enjoying Nine Perfect Strangers on Hulu. I really liked the book. I actually think the series is almost kind of better. It's got um, Melissa McCarthy, Nicole Kidman, a lot of good people in it. It's a good cast. Bobby Cannavale, which for some reason he must have signed some contract where he and Melissa McCarthy have to be in every movie together. (laughs) Like the last four movies that one of them has done, the other one's been in, which is weird. They do have really good chemistry together, so maybe that's what what it's all about. But that's a really good one. And then um, Only Murders in the Building, also on Hulu, which is with Steve Martin and um, Selena Gomez, Martin Short. What? Martin Short. I couldn't think. I was like, it's Martin something. What's his name? He's short. That should be it. <laughs> About these three people that live in the same apartment building and 
they are obsessed with murder podcasts like us all. And then there's a murder in their building. So they decide to, these three strangers, find out that they're all fans of this murder podcast. And then there's murder in the building. So they decide to investigate it. And it's really good because there's a bunch of stuff that one of them knows a lot more about the victim than they're telling everybody. And so far, I'm all in. I've also really enjoyed, oddly enough, Cinderella on Prime. um, The new What's Her Nuts movie. (laughs) What's her name? Camilla Camilla Cabello. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it would be stupid. It looked incredibly stupid. It was one of those movies I put on. I'm like, oh, what the hell? And it's really good. The music in it is really good. I love a good mashup. I love, like, I don't know. It's great. And I don't care who you are. Drop whatever you are doing. Go to Apple TV and watch the Broadway cast perform Come From Away. If you liked Hamilton on Disney+, Plus, it's the same setup. It's them performing on stage with a live audience, first audience since COVID shut them down. So it was the first audience back at the theater on Broadway. It's Tony Award winning. It is about a small town called Gander in Newfoundland. And when 9-11 happened, all the area planes were grounded when the towers were attacked. So all the planes were sent to this teeny tiny little town in Newfoundland, British Columbia, right? That's, that's that's what it's called, right? Sure. Canada. Yeah. They were in Canada. So 38 planes landed in this town with a population of about 6,000. Like 11,000 people came to this little bitty town. 38 planes from all over the world. A lot of the people didn't speak English. This town embraced these people for a week and took care of them and fed them and housed them and provided places for the kosher Jewish people that were on a flight for them for there was a rabbi there that could bless the food so they had a place to eat oh I have chills and I'm gonna cry just the amount of love and oh it's just so good and then I I watched a bunch of 9-11 documentaries last night so it's really getting to me but just what a time when the world was falling apart these people came together and it's just amazing and the music is fantastic. It's nonstop. There's not a lot of like dancing, which some people like when they watch musicals, they're not a big fan of the dancing. There's no like dance breaks. There's none of that. It's just telling the story and they're telling it musically. And it's, you know, one woman who is there, her son is a New York City firefighter. And she's one whole song is she's just calling to find out where he is. Is he okay? Was he in the tower? Where is he? It will break your heart, but it's just amazing triumph of the human spirit love it love it love it love it everybody should go watch it i'm gonna go watch it again i'm gonna bring (laughs) it down a little bit and i'm gonna say that i forgot what i will probably actually end up watching which is the new um lula rich documentary oh yeah i watched that about lula yeah that's probably what i'll end up watching because i was really into those leggings and the whole the whole deal with the lives and the exclusive prints and yeah that i was all in on that and so i i need to watch that for sure i mean i binged it on friday which is a few days ago and we are actually in a group with someone who was interviewed and done she's at like at a big huge part of these movies so we know a famous person so we know 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 famous people so um (laughs) you need to like our podcast and thanks yes yes and you need to send us messages and likes and reviews and you could do that. I mean, there's like a lot of places that you can make contact with us. And where are those places, Tiffany? You can go to Facebook or Instagram at That's So Original Podcast. You can go to Twitter at That's So Pod. You can send us an email at That's So Original Podcast at gmail.com. Go to our website at That's So Original Podcast.com. Oh, you can go and Follow us on Spotify. You can like us and review us on iTunes. Download us. Tell your friends. Scream it from the rooftops. We haven't been around in a while. We need the help to get some people talking to us. Yes. We're sorry. We took an extended break, but we're back. And please send us an email. Just send us an email. I will love you forever. I mean, do it. 
please send, send us, us an, an email, email saying we hope you feel better soon. That would be yeah. nice. That, that would, would be a be caring, nice lovely thing to do. God, we're sick and recovering from COVID. So why don't you put a little love in your heart and send it out to us via a Gmail. That'd be great. Thanks. Um, we do it for you. Come on. I know. We would. You know we would. I mean, we may be hardened assholes, but we have hearts of gold. And I would send you that Gmail right now if I could. Okay. Well, we are going to be back soon next week with our new series. We've already told you about it. It's Truth Seekers on Amazon. So if you want to watch along with us, episode one coming into your earballs very, very soon. We love you. We missed you. We mean it. Bye. Bye-bye. Ba-da-da.